0: It's time for JT the Brick.
1: Always, always great to be with the Brick. This is how you do radio in a professional sports town, and this hasn't been a professional sports town. It was just UNLV basketball for how many decades? Now you got the Raiders and you got the Golden Knights. It's Big Boy Radio.
0: JT the Brick.
1: Hey JT, how you doing, man? My radio show's a little bit more intense. It gets a little bit more crazy. It gets a little bit more emotional. It's Big Boy Radio.
0: And now, here's JT the Brick.
1: Out of the gate, JT with you on a very busy day. They're back. A lot of guys showed up at practice today. Raider Nation, unite. You should be happy today. A lot of good things happening over in Henderson. We'll get to all of it today. On the flagship of the silver and black from noon to 2, JT with you. Brought to you by Golden Entertainment. As they own the Stratosphere, Arizona Charlies, and those 64-plus PTs. All here in the Valley, a great place for lunch, great food. If you're gaming, you're having fun, you're watching sports, PTs fuels the monologue with the best happy hour in town, 5 to 7, midnight to 2 a.m. Head on out to PTs to watch the Raiders, especially preseason games coming up this weekend. as We have a Saturday game in Miami, and we have a Miami Insider we just booked, a pretty good one. Here that uh, Bobby just told me about about 30 seconds before we hit the air. Uh, David Verone's down in Miami from the Herald. So he's going to preview what's going on. He covers the beat for the Miami Dolphins, for the Sun Sentinel. So we'll have David on, I think, sometime. We're going to fit him in here in about an hour. Steph McKenzie, maybe the most famous rock jock in town, diehard Raider fan. Uh, She joins me from time to time. She'll be fantastic. I saw her at the preseason game. Against the Vikings, she wants to come on and talk Raiders. And Jordan Schultz, later in the show, the son of the billionaire Howard Schultz of Starbucks fame. But he went on his own path. He's an NFL insider. And he's an NBA insider. And he's got some news on the Seahawks, a team the Raiders play. We had Cadre Ishmael. We have Jordan Schultz. I have a Miami insider for you today because they're playing them, uh, uh, the Dolphins. And Bobby and me are booking out insiders from the opponents on the schedule which is a real big part of what we do when we build our grid here and try to give you the best show we can, is to have people on that will have an impact on the Raiders and these games coming up. So that's where we are. As I hit the air, breaking news, breaking news, LeBron James just signed a two-year extension. He becomes the highest-paid NBA player of all time, uh, which is not shocking there considering he's playing now and players are making all that money right now. But Adrian Ward-Janowski, Let me get you the exact tweet from him as this just went down minutes ago, and it's a big one. Yeah, LeBron's one hell of a businessman, I'll tell you that. Los Angeles Lakers star LeBron James has agreed on a two-year, $97.1 million contract extension, including a player option for 2024-25. Clutch Sports' Rich Paul tells ESPN James had been entering the final year of a deal worth $44.5 million, the deal can increase to $111 million if the salary cap rises in 2023-2024. The two-year, $97.1 million extension, which includes a 15% trade kicker, makes LeBron the highest earning player in NBA history at $532 million in guaranteed money. He surpasses Brooklyn's Kevin Durant. I didn't know Durant was one. Durant's one, and LeBron just passes him by. So that's a big deal because Vegas is a Lakers town. It is. If you're in Vegas or you're listening, I know we got Warrior fans up north. We appreciate them. But Vegas is a Lakers town, and I wanted to get that into the show. All right, so a couple of other big things to talk about here is uh, coaches and players are speaking now. I want to make sure we carry D.J. Turner after Demarcus Robinson was cut by the Raiders. It looks like this opens the door for D.J. Turner. Tyler Johnson, as I look at the depth chart of the wide receiver position, and is what, what is happening with the Raiders coming up here. Now, before I hit the air, 22 minutes ago, because i got to be back here in the studio, Vinny Bonson, tweeted: tweet at Thayer Mumford, left Raiders practice today, walked off with a member of the training staff. When we have another update from that, after the you're not going to hear anything, anything from a coach talking about, the specifics of this, but maybe we can get Vinny to tweet or I'll text him to get an update on that. The other big news today is that it was a good day for players to return off the pup list. Jonathan Hankins, Bilal Nichols, and Trayvon Mullen. Waller was there, Rocky Sin and Divine Diablo all came back to practice. That's why I opened up the show there back. Now we got something. Now we got some guys out of the tub, out of the training room. Doing what they needed to do, it calms down the energy of the Raider Nation who's saying, man, a lot of guys have been missing for a while. Where are they? And now they're back. And especially Waller, as that is trending, pro football talk, a lot of national media outlets have picked up on this. For Darren Waller, which was never a concern if you listen to this show, and we appreciate that, but around the country, people were talking about this. So this is a big deal. Mike Florio at Pro Football Talk put it out there. Because he thinks it's a big story. We didn't think it was huge. But it was enough to bring up some attention around the country. Darren Waller back at practice Wednesday for the Raiders. Uh, Miles Simmons also reporting on this. That Waller said he would be back on the field this week. And he was there. Multiple reporters on the Raiders beat. Note that Waller is one of several players who have returned to practice today. While Waller is seeking a new contract. He has reportedly been sidelined from a hamstring, not staging a hold-in. In addition, according to Pro Football Talk, again, we told you, Rakia Sin and Divine Diablo, Trayvon Mullen, Dylan Stoner, Hankins, and Bilal Nichols. Per Deshaun Reed of The Athletic, running back Josh Jacobs, uh, tight end Jacob Hollister, Brandon Parker, Klee Farrell, Denzel Perryman, and Anthony Abram are not practicing for the Raiders earlier today. So, I think everybody should be pretty excited about the guys who came back and are not on the pup list, which is important. I've said this about Jonathan Hankins. He's a veteran. I don't know how much greatness he has left, but clearly this staff believes he'll be an impact at defensive tackle. Bilal Nichols was brought in just for that reason. These guys are good enough to really have an impact on this team, especially early in the schedule with their veteran abilities. You want veterans playing. Early on this season, you want veterans out there because veterans understand schemes and concepts. And again, these guys will be fresh and they'll have fresh legs. So very important that these guys were able to come back. We're excited about Trayvon Mullen. That's very important. And after the cuts yesterday that, you know, I want to spend some time. D.J. Turner really helped himself and did a great job playing against the Vikings, and he is here. And some of the other players that are in here, Vernon Butler, Nate Brooks, Demarcus Robinson, Tyrone Wheatley Jr., Jerry Green, the cuts that were from yesterday. Uh, Vinny tweeted this out yesterday. The Raiders releasing wide receiver Demarcus Robinson is proof of how deep the wide receiver room is. Tyron Johnson making a big push along with some others. And that's very accurate reporting. Now the question is, why hasn't Demarcus Robinson made this team? Well, you can look at the cap hit. The Raiders are going to save money. And I, I don't, this is different it's a little bit different than Kansas City where Robinson made a lot of plays because you had a tight end who was elite future Hall of Famer in Kelsey and you had the greatest Raider opponent I've seen in my career since junior sale and that would be Tyreek Hill who ate up the Raiders and ate their lunch and this was a guy that would be open because the Raiders would have to try to double team both of those guys and they didn't do it well and Demarcus Robinson made some plays there and I think the Raiders... Not that this is better. I'm not saying that Kelsey and Tyreek Hill, are, I'm not saying Devontae and Waller are better, but they're in the same conversation. Remember, Andy Reid went heavy with those two guys. He went really heavy with Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey, and he had Mahomes, who's a very mobile quarterback and can pick up first downs running the ball. Now the Raiders have Devontae and Waller and Renfro. So even if Demarcus Robinson made the team, he was not going to get the touches or even maybe the looks that he would have gotten Kansas City. So the Raiders decided to move in a different direction. Dave Ziegler there. Releasing some more cap space money there. And I'll stay with what I've been saying. I think the Raiders are going to use some of that money coming up here quickly to add to the offensive line. I have been saying adding two offensive linemen. That could happen. But at least adding one recognizable name starter that could start on this team. Because the Raiders have plenty of time if a good offensive lineman is released for a position battle or for salary cap reasons, that the Raiders can pounce and get that player ready, if not for week one, for week two, for the home opener there. That's what I've been guessing about and talking about for quite some time. But I haven't been able to on the show because it happened after I got off the air. But if you're a Raider fan, and I know you're listening here, Demarcus Robinson being gone, I have my flip card here in front of me and uh, taking a look, and I'm now Xing out players who are getting cut I had Demarcus Robinson making the final roster. You did too. I mean, didn't everybody? I mean, insiders did. A lot of people did. He was brought here for that reason. The reason he didn't make the roster and they cut him early is because the fact is, let the guy go. He's going to clearly hook up with another team. And secondly, they have a lot of confidence on the back end of this wide receiver room, which is a strength. I've never been a big fan from the times back in Oakland when we sat there and we debated who was going to be the final receiver because the final receiver in Oakland never really played much, and it was kind of a moot point. Made the roster, dressed or didn't dress, didn't play a lot. That could be the same here. If you're going to carry four running backs and a fullback, and you're going to carry five or six wide receivers, and you want to dress them all on game day, good luck with that. Because we're talking about ten players in what I just mentioned. Five receivers, five backs, that's ten. Add another one, 11, on a 53-man roster, well, you know, you got to get some depth at the offensive line. So the cuts, the cut coming for those who are saying Kenyon Drake. I like Kenyon Drake to stay, but after seeing Demarcus Robinson go, I wonder about Kenyon Drake because of the way that Dave Ziegler is building that running back room and salary cap relief and what could happen here. I'd like to see Kenyon Drake make the team because I know on third and 11, he could pick up a block maybe not as good as what McDaniels thinks with the other guys, but he can catch a ball out of the backfield if the pocket breaks down quickly, and he can make a move, one move, that could get him 11 yards. I don't know what Zeus can do yet, haven't he played great at Georgia, but what could happen here with the rest of that depth chart? So we're spending a lot of time talking about the offense because we know that the issues surrounding camp are simply this. Offensive line combinations and depth Who's going to be the final wide receiver? Who's going to be the final running back? Whoever is the final linebacker who makes the team, it's going to be someone who can play special teams. So when you look at Divine Diablo, and we we look at a Pro Bowler in Perryman, and you look at the depth of this team on defense, we're not looking at a group that has six great linebackers or five, and, oh, man, one's going to get let go, and he's going to be a damn good player. I don't see that here with the depth. They look like they have three guys that can play and one who will be carried for special teams, obviously, is going to be a beast on special teams, even though special teams, half the time the ball gets kicked out of the end zone, but you need guys like that. And the Raiders special teams need to get tight. Coverage needs to be good. Really important for Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels. They care about that because New England had outstanding special teams and it's going to be important here with the Raiders. So that's what I got here as we open up the show at 702-365-9200. I'd like to ask your opinion on what you believe is your thought on Demarcus Robinson being let go. Clearly it's because of the depth that they have there, but were you surprised by this? Do you like the move? Do you think it makes a lot of sense here? You're the fans of the team, and this is a real flagship station unlike the other ones that we were on where we want to get your opinion on this and how it affects the roster, and what you're thinking about this going forward. So you got that, the LeBron James news. And uh, later on in the show, I'm going to talk about what's going on with Derwin James. Wow. The breaking news, Derwin James agrees to a $76.4 million deal to become the highest paid safety of all time. A guy who's missed multiple games in the Raider rivalry, and he's back. And he is a badass. You can compare him. And look, Jack Tatum's the greatest Raiders safety of all time. Ronnie Lott might be the greatest safety of all time. Played with the Raiders. Raiders got a good history of safeties. My mentor on TV and radio, George Atkinson. Soul Patrol. Raiders have had safeties who have played in this organization at a high level. How about when Charles Woodson went from cornerback to safety? And one of my favorite stories of all time, Rod Woodson, who I deem as one of the top 25 players of all time. Not top 75, not top 100 top 25 rod woodson the raiders have a good history of safety play and derwin james now is in the division Uh, the deal on average 19.13 million the highest paid safety ever now the chargers defense has got four of the best players in football khalil mack joey bosa jc jackson who signed for 82.5 million and derwin james now derwin james hasn't played a lot You know, he's missed a lot of games, but he reportedly is healthy. He wasn't holding out. The new term is holding in. So that's another big topic today. That is another big topic I want to hear from you on. It's a specific call to action today. What does the Derwin James signing mean to you as a Raider fan? You're going to see Justin Herbert. You're going to see Derwin James. You're going to see Joey Bosa the rest of your bleeping life. Now, Mac, I like Khalil as a person a lot. He's a great player. I don't know how long Khalil's going to be in a Charger uniform, but it's probably going to be the next two to three years, at least the next two. And J.C. Jackson is Mr. Interception. You know, he's the closest thing we've seen to Deion in regards to jumping routes and actually catching the ball, something that the Raiders struggle with, catching the ball on defense. So this Chargers team has four defenders, along with Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, and Justin Herbert. Austin Eckler. Okay, I've been telling you the Chargers are coming for a while, but I've also been reminding you that they're very overhyped. They're the most overhyped team that I'm seeing right now, along with the Dolphins, who the Raiders happen to play coming up on Saturday. Very overhyped teams. But this was a big deal for the Chargers because the Chargers had to make a big decision here because Derwin James is getting all this guaranteed money, but he gets hurt a lot, and he's been hurt a lot. So if you're paying a guy that's been injured a lot that type of money, that's a lot. You know, I, I said this about Giancarlo Stanton in baseball with my Yankees who are in the tank. You sign a superstar, and if he's not available when you need him, how great are they? And they're, they're, they're sold on Derwin James. So the Chargers have big contracts. The Raiders have big contracts. They got Carr on his extension. Devontae, Max got an extension. Hunter Renfro got an extension. Chandler Jones makes a lot of money. And, you know, this guy. The salary cap's going up, up, and up, everybody. The salary cap continues to go up. The television deal goes up. Wait till I tell you about this Amazon deal and what's happening there. The money's going through the roof, so the players are going to make more. Do I believe that Derwin James should be the highest paid safety ever? No, because he hasn't been available. It's about what he can do. But that's this year, everybody. This rivalry is so good with the Chargers because from years there wasn't a rivalry. The Raiders have three Super Bowls and an AFL title. The Chargers have been chasing the Raiders since their existence. The Chargers have never won a Super Bowl. The Chargers just lost out to making the playoffs because of the Raiders. And then the team that they rent their stadium from, you know, its not their stadium. They rent from the Rams, won the Super Bowl. This team's going to have a nasty, angry edge to it, and the Raiders get them opening game. Opening game. That's why today was such a good day and such an important day for all the Raider players that came back out to practice, who came out back to practice and were ready to go. This show feels like a practice today. You should be ready to go. I gave you like 10 topics. Let's go, Raider fans. I gave you Derwin James. I gave you Waller returning. We gave you Demarcus Robinson being cut. So we got a lot of things to talk about here. Be ready for the show. Okay, the show before me is a great show. It's not in Vegas. We're in Vegas. We're streaming on the Raiders app. 702-365-9200. What does the Derwin James signing mean to the Raider rivalry? And were you shocked by Demarcus Robinson not getting a contract, but being released here because I had him penciled in as the number three. And I don't have a problem being wrong with this. I I, I don't bet. I didn't bet he was going to be the MVP of the Raiders. He's gone. And uh, Dave Ziegler's got more money, more cap relief. And I think my trick is to figure out who's going to be this offensive lineman if they bring him in the room here. And as we talk about the Dolphins coming up here, assuming Colton Miller doesn't play, I-, I don't think he should play, but I'm not the coach. There's a lot, the heat and the humidity and what's going on in Miami now is no fun. So you can look at it two ways play in those adverse conditions and get your cardio up get ready, get in game shape because this is a tough environment to play or avoid all that and let the subs play and beat the hell out of each other and go play and keep the starters healthy. That's what I think we're going to see coming up on Saturday night. I'm excited about that. Uh, The Patriots, there's something cool happening with the Patriots. They're fighting like Mike Tyson. They're having those two-a-day practices with Carolina and there's been fights both days. Why is that important? It's because the Patriots are coming here to Las Vegas next week for two practices with the Raiders. And at this case, if you go to any NFL website, man, the Patriots are pretty pissed off now. I think they're the most pissed off because they lost Josh McDaniels because they don't have an offensive coordinator. they haven't Joe Judge and Matt Patricia call the plays. And the fact that the quarterbacks regressed and taken a step backwards and the best reporters there who cover the Patriots say they're really struggling in camp. And they're coming out here. Christian McCaffrey knocked to the ground, fan injured during a scuffle, Carolina Panthers-New England Patriots joint practice. Huge story in the NFL today from Mike Reese reporting from ESPN. A late hit on star running back Christian McCaffrey led to a scuffle during the joint practice with the New England Patriots, and it left a fan injured. McCaffrey was out of bounds, was knocked to the ground, and he landed on a fan during the ensuing scrum. McCaffrey responded by spiking the ball at Wise's feet, sparking the fight that carried over into the stands. Wise and backup Carolina running back Chubba Hubbard were ejected from practice. Uh, Panthers coach Matt uh, Matt Rule said an, an official told him Hubbard threw a punch. Wow. Okay. Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center next week. But Belichick and Josh McDaniels have a deep, 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 great relationship and there shouldn't be anybody else there. And we'll see what happens here as we keep going. But I'm excited. I'm excited about everything that's happening. I think the Raiders getting a lot of good guys back from practice is a big deal. Darren Waller, that kind of calms everybody down, is everybody's wondering what's going to happen with Waller going forward. What your opinion is on the return to practice today. And again, you know, Vinny made a great point this morning. I was able to hear when it comes to these tough running back, and wide receiver cuts, rather than thinking in terms of position, keep the best football player. Example being Drake. right? Makes more sense to keep a Kenyan Drake who can split out wide, etc., whereas Demarcus Robinson may not have seen the field much. So it's one of the ways to look at that there. One of the ways to look at it there as we get going. 702-365-9200. Jordan Schultz, really good guest. Uh, He covers the Seahawks. Raiders play the Seahawks this year. We had him penciled in. Steph McKenzie a little bit later on in the show. Also a Miami Dolphin insider, and your phone calls the rest of the way. A quick reminder, Friday, I'll be right there in the lobby of Virgin Hotels Las Vegas, the old Hard Rock, be producing my podcast again. It's for the property. It's a good place to get a cocktail, kick off your happy hour. Come see me at Virgin Hotels Las Vegas. I'll be there Friday from 4 to 6 p.m., Concerts in the theater. The restaurants are off the charts. If you haven't been there in a while, the Shag Room with the live music, head on out to Virgin Hotels and come see me on this Friday. And then Saturday I'll be with Eric Allen as we get you ready for the pregame show. 702-365-9200. Also at JT the Brick on Twitter and on Facebook as we are rolling. Next week is massive. Every day is important. Raiders are cutting down the roster. But next week the Patriots are in town. For some practices and a game and it's alumni weekend where the Raiders are going to have one of their greatest turnouts ever in the history of alumni weekend and it's here in Vegas so a lot to be excited about on the flagship
0: The cool part about um, to be able to almost start all over again is you're able to learn from your experiences of what's gone really, 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 really well. Learn from the experiences of, okay, what could we have done better? What could I have done better? And then also, too, the opportunity to just continue to learn.
1: The ability to learn. That's what you're hearing from Raider coaches all over. JT, back with you as we continue. Uh, The Pro Football Hall of Fame announced that Chuck Howley, Joe Klecko, and Ken Riley have moved to the final step in the selection process for the Pro Football Hall of Fame class of 2023. I think Joe Klecko, the legendary jet tackle, played all three positions up front as a Hall of Famer. Always said Joe Klecko should have been the next guy up for a long time, just like we said about Cliff Branch. Uh, For those here who are wondering what's happening here, Jim Plunkett needs to get on the ballot. Okay, Lester was on the ballot. Lester Hayes went to a semifinalist. I talked to Lester about this and you know Lester was pretty emotional with me in Canton Lester was a finalist in 2004 Let this think in Lester Hayes was a finalist in 2004 and then in 2022 he was a semifinalist and didn't make it to the finals So for everybody who stops me and says Plunkett 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 yes I agree but days like today is where Raider fans should really be calling in on Jim Plunkett and Lester And you got to get on the ballot first to do this. You have to be on the ballot. And what I talk about with Jim Plunkett is the Heisman Trophy does not have anything to do with the Pro Football Hall of Fame. It does not. It has to do with the College Football Hall of Fame. I've been saying and I've been banging the drum for Jim Plunkett more than anybody I've ever heard on the radio. He should be a Hall of Famer, Jim Plunkett, for these reasons. He was the Rookie of the Year. He was the Comeback Player of the Year. He won two Super Bowls and was a Super Bowl MVP. His stats are not worthy for the Hall of Fame. You have to get off the stats with Plunkett. You have to get on the stats with Lester. Lester's all about the stats in the rings. Jim was about the big moments. So the comeback player of the year is a big award. Okay, he took a beating in his career. He was the rookie of the year. That's part of his NFL resume. Okay, that's part of his NFL resume that stopped at Stanford and the Hall of Fame, and started with the NFL. This is the Pro Football Hall of Fame. The, po- the Pro Football Hall of Fame. So please get your Plunkett story right. Plunkett should be in because he won two Super Bowls as the quarterback for the Raiders, two out of their three. That should be enough. Okay, but he doesn't have the stats of Eli Manning that's won two. He doesn't have the stats of Matt Ryan. He doesn't have the stats of Phillip Rivers. But the story of Jim Plunkett is the story of the Pro Football Hall of Fame. And if you go back to his background, Latino Indian, you go back to the fact that his parents were born blind. If you look at all the trials and tribulations in the NFL, being the top overall pick, winning the rookie of the year, and being on bad teams and then having the ability to save, save the best part of his career for the most important times, that's the story of Plunkett. We all know and love Jim Plunkett. And it's going to take a really big push by the fans, I know Mark Davis is making that push all the time. Lester should be a priority because Lester, you can't debate the, the, the stats with Lester and the Pro Bowls and the dominance of Lester, right? So, Bolitnikov's in, Cliff Branch is in, Mike Haynes is in. Why are you leaving out Lester? If Lester had one Super Bowl, okay, you got two, and Lester's been a big part of Raider history. And then you can go to Greg Townsend and Phil villa Piano, All worthy candidates for the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Really, all worthy candidates for the Pro Football Hall of Fame. But this one's a little bit different to me with Jim Plunkett. Raider fans, when you call in on Jim Plunkett, you can't say, well, because I think he's got the best trophy room maybe of all time. I mean, he's got the Rose Bowl MVP. He's got the Rose Bowl MVP. That's a really big trophy. He's got the Heisman Trophy. He's got all those Stanford individual awards, and then he's got an NFL section to his home. And then he's got all the Hall of Fames that he's in, right? Pro Football Hall of Fame, California Hall of Fame, everything he's been a part of. So when I see, you know, what what happens is you see other guys get into the Hall of Fame or become senior finalists, and it really pisses me off because I I feel like I'm, uh, I wouldn't call myself an expert, but I know more than most people on the Hall of Fame because it's been a passion with Jim Brown and Belitnikoff and the guys I got a chance to work with. And they've told me stories. I was just at the Hall of Fame, sitting with Hall of Famers, listening, listening to what they had to say. Not talking, listening. And all of them think Lester should be next. You should have seen the deepness of the conversation at Cliff's party. You see the picture, it's up there between Charles Woodson and Lester Hayes. And look, Charles is saying that this has to happen. So Charles and Marcus, Charles and Marcus and Howie, those guys got to do a big job, and they do. From everything I'm hearing, whenever they're at the Hall of Fame, especially Freddie, when Freddie's sitting around a room telling people about these guys, people listen. So, Raider fans, your opinion means a lot. But next year at this time, for Jim Plunkett to get on the ballot of a senior after, and by the way, Jim Plunkett, how, how courageous and courteous has he been? You know, courageous isn't the word. Courteous has he been to go back to the Hall of Fame for Tom Flores and Cliff back to back. Let that sink in. That Jim and his wife, Jerry, go back to the Hall of Fame with Mark Davis, sit in the crowd. Jim's not sitting on the stage. He's sitting in the crowd for Tom Flores and Cliff. Do you think Tom Flores and Cliff would be in the Hall of Fame without Jim Plunkett? No. So I am furious with this news today knowing that Jim wasn't on the ballot to be a finalist or a semi-finalist, but I saw this list come across today. Randy Gratishaw with Denver. The Denver fans are going crazy. So Raider fans, today is a good day to bring this topic up because you can tell I'm a little emotional about it. I'm really emotional about it for Lester because we had this conversation at 2 in the morning. Came home at 2 in the morning. I'm outside the hotel. Lester smoking a cigarette, and we're talking for about a half hour about Lester's career, and he's another humble guy. He cares about God, his faith, and his teammates. Lester had a deep conversation, and I'll save it for him when he comes on the air, about, for him, it wasn't about stats, even though his stats were overwhelming. It was about team and about winning for him and about the fact that he came in as a linebacker and cried like a baby when John Madden moved into cornerback, cried, and Madden told him it'd be the right thing to do, and then he turned out to have this career. And as the Hall of Fame, you know, we always figure out, you know, the Hall of Fame does the Raiders dirty from time to time. Well, why'd they make Lester a finalist in 2004 and not 2005, 6, 7, 8, and they just get him in? And now they tease him again, tease him with semifinalists, and people don't, don't get him in. So I'm pretty bothered by that. I really am bothered by that. I told Bobby I wanted to get DJ Turner. We have him queued up. Uh, he's really the talk of camp. We saw that in the Minnesota game, the burst, the touchdown, what he was able to do. He just met the media in Henderson. Here it is. Did you, when we talked to you after the game about your performance, you were very, you know, obviously happy with what you did. After you watched the film, were you even more happy?
2: Um, A little bit kind of even kill because there was still some small things I had to clean up. And coaches made sure they kind of let me know about those things. So, I mean, it's, it's always never as good as you think it is, but it's always never as bad as you think it is either. So that was kind of the emphasis that they get out, clean up those little small things. So we have a better game next week.
0: Yeah, you how have you uh, kind of
2: improved as a return over years? know something that you, you did well in college, uh, kind of translating to the NFL and making that something to kind of add to your skill set as you try to make this roster. Um, just trying to take as much from all the special teams, coaches as I can. like. I feel like there's always room for improvement, like no matter how good you think you are or something. So like, even last year with Rich, like he told me a lot about the return game and then this year with Coach Tom and and, um, and those guys, they, they always got something positive to say and always got something to kind of help you and coach you up a little bit more too. So just trying to soak in and take everything in every day. I so know you, you move around a little bit on offense, but particularly working at, at slot. what have you
3: learned from, from Hunter Renfro and then also Coach McDaniels? He you know, has a long history of working. working him. I'm,
2: I've learned a lot from from both definitely hunters like even coming in last year like every time I take a rep like I kind of nervously will ask him like what you think about that or what can I do to improve on that And he will always have something to say like positively trying to bring me up a little bit more because he's he's a very unselfish guy like he he wants everybody to be great like there's like like there's not really a competition between anybody it's just trying to help everybody get better and um, he's helped me out a lot and even with Coach McDaniels and Mick and, and E.B. as well, like they, they always have something to kind of throw in there. Like Even if it's a good route, it's always a small little detail they'll kind of try to coach everybody up on, and it, it helps us out a lot.
0: You mentioned last year being on the practice squad. Um, usually you practice and the reward is playing. Um, last year you didn't get the reward of playing. So what became sort of the victories for you uh, and the payoff for you during the season? <clears throat>
2: I'm just trying to lock in as much as I can. Like, you know what I mean? It was kinda tough like not playing, but at the same time, it's still a blessing to be here. So kinda taking that mindset every week and approaching every day in practice, like, all right, let's find a way to get better on this. So let's find a way to like no matter what it was, servicing the team, just do what I can to not only help them but help myself out as much too. And um I kinda took my victories from that as well. Like you know what I mean? Just trying to develop myself and and just taking the blessing to be an NFL player in general.
0: Yeah, and when it's football 24-7 like it was, how much learning did you end up doing about the game, about
2: your position? It, I mean, it's a, it's a lot of learning, especially your first year in the league, whether if it's practice squad or on the, on the roster. It's, it's a lot of development you got to do. It's a, just becoming a pro in general, like it, it takes a lot. And I mean, I feel like last year kind of helped me develop into the – well, I'm still developing, clearly, but getting closer to where I want to be as a, as a professional.
0: What are some of the pros that you find within this new offensive scheme that cater towards your skill set?
2: Um, just there's a lot of a lot of option stuff. Like a lot of you can't be wrong if you if you kind of read the read the defense the right way or read the leverage the right way. I feel like that's that helps out everybody, especially I mean, just any receiver if you kind of get a two way go on a, on a route or you can do this versus this coverage, do that versus that coverage. Like you can't be wrong unless you completely bust a play. So I feel like that helps out everybody.
1: Tyron on
0: Sunday said he, he predicted you were going to have a big game. He said he told you that you were going to score. Uh, you, you guys have a good rapport you push each other? What's it been like working
2: with him? Yeah, I mean, we, we try to bring each other up as much as we can. Like, he, he kind of comes from a similar background, like being undrafted, uh, being on a practice squad for a couple years. And, like, he, he helps me out a lot. And, like, at, we was literally in the team meeting the night before the game. He came up to me. He's like, man, I feel like you're about to score. And I'm like, no, I pre-, like, thank you. Like, I need you to kind of – Bring that good energy to me because, like, it's it's always an emotional roller coaster going through camp, competing, things like that. So just to have older guys kind of have faith in you and and bring that to you, it it feels good.
1: DJ Josh has a unique style. A lot of teaching he does a lot of that. You've seemed to have responded well. What what do you think the feel is of the team where he teaches you the why? Where he's so intricate in his instruction.
2: I think the biggest thing is just like to take it as coaching more than. Like um, him trying to be down on on you when he actually like tries to fix something, like or actually tries to coach you and teach you something, and try to get better with everything he tells you. I feel like a lot of, well, the, mostly the whole team, especially the offensive kind of took that in the right way. And I mean, we, I feel like we all kind of responded correctly to to the things he teaches us. So, what was your reaction yesterday
0: when you found out DeMarcus was was gone?
2: Um, it kind of caught me by surprise, cause I mean, Demarcus is a season vet. Like he's played in, I think t- this is going into his seventh year. Played on a very good team, Super Bowl winner. Like he, and he he actually helped me out a lot too, as well as well as other guys. So um, to kind of see him go, it kind of shocked me. And um, I wish him the best. Like I hope he bounces back and and plays somewhere else this year and gets it done wherever he's at.
0: How big was that moment for you on Sunday, being able to get in the end zone and have your family in the stand
2: celebrating? It was a great feeling, man. I mean, it's, like I said, it's it's always a dream come true just to be here in general, just to have the opportunity to be in this building. And um, everybody wants to make plays and score touchdowns. So it was kind of surreal once I actually got in the end zone. And I mean, you can kind of tell by my emotions, at, like in the end zone, I kind of lost control of myself, just screaming as loud as I could. That was the only thing I could kind of do at the moment. So it was, it was a great feeling.
0: You have a player, a teammate in Devontae Adams, who's arguably the best player at his position, at your position too, and, and so when you get a chance to watch him up close and personal like that, what stands out about somebody that is the best at what he does?
2: He's just very consistent, like everything he does, he does the right way, like getting, I, I mean, especially like getting in and out of his breaks, I feel like that's basically what separates him from everybody else. Is He's so fluid in his routes, fluid getting out of break and catching the ball and just sitting there watching him like without even having to ask him how you did this or how you do that like just watching him in general helps you out and like I mean that kind of started in the off season when we were here in the spring just looking at looking at how he approaches every day and like he's the best for a reason and we all try to kind of emulate that and take that as far as we can go.
0: Aaron was saying that he does it without using a lot of speed it's more like sort of deception mm-hmm. do you see that and is that something that you know uh, what wide receivers, other wide receivers can implement to their game.
2: A hundred percent. Like that, that's pretty much his whole game is like selling you one way and going the other way. Like, and if you can, like, he, he's kind of like a basketball player playing football Like, he, and he's great at what he does. And if you could kind of get, get that down and you can always be open, he does a great job of that. Uh, after the game, Coach McDaniels he credited you for not just your speed, but also kind of you, the strength that you play with and your physique. How did you kind of develop
3: that kind of split uh, blend of both having speed and power in your game?
2: Um, I mean, it's just kind of the way I was. I was. I've always been built. Just I've always had like I've always been kind of fast, and like I've always been strong as well. And just try to work on both of those. And as, in the off season, try to work on my speed, stay in the best shape that I possibly can. And, and I mean just. That's pretty much it, basically. I I mean, yeah, that's pretty much it. I can't really. Two down, two to go. How big are
0: these two preseason games against Miami and New England for you?
2: Uh, They're really big. Like, you kind of got to take it day by day and just try to make the most of every opportunity you get. Like, last week is over. Like, yeah, it was great to get a win. It was great to have a big game. But this week is even more important. You got to have one more good day of practice, go to Miami, and have another good game. So that's the plan so far.
0: How much
2: are you looking forward to the joint practices coming up against the Patriots? Um, I say for right now, we're just worried about Miami. And then once we get to that, then we'll, we'll worry about that. But, I mean, I'm, I am looking forward to it. It's always good to go out and compete against people who aren't your teammates. And, like, I, I know some of those guys over there, too. So it will be good to see, see them and practice against them as well.
1: All right. So that's good. I think that's really important to hear from D.J. Turner. This is really what happens in August. I think it's really important that Raider fans understand the camp battles, what's happening for this young man as he's really on the cusp of having the breakout moment of his life. He's right there, and the depth of this of this wide receiver room is really strong. When you got Devontae, Hunter Renfro, and Waller, who I consider a wide receiver slash hybrid, and then you can get a kid like this out there to be, I don't know, if Hunter goes down to move him into the slot, if he has to go on the outside, whatever it is, he can do it all. They have playmakers who can now open it up downfield. Open it up downfield, catch the intermediate route, and be possession receivers. I think we all agree what's going to be the most fascinating thing about the Raiders' offense this year will simply be do the Raiders run more than we all expect with Josh McDaniels? Do they run it more, or does Josh McDaniels open it up more, four or five wide? And that's going to be tough to do with an offensive line that's still getting put together. It's going to be hard. Because you got to leave in a tight end, or you got to leave in a back to block. And if you are going to leave in two, that would be a tight end and a back to block and chip to help these guys out. Then you are only going to have you are going to have three great players, most likely four, but three running routes: Waller, Hunter, and Devontae. And two of the three are going to be double teamed, so it gets a little bit complicated on who's going to be left, how they're going to be on the field, and everybody better be able to block because <laughs> this guy, Josh McDaniels. He is a stickler for the right details. The screen game is super important. The screen game is very important in this organization, picking up blocks, chipping, and just doing everything right. So that's D.J. Turner. Really happy for him, man. I mean, I don't know him. I don't know if you know him, but that's why we played that, so you can get to know him and you can follow his camp story the rest of the way. You know he'll be playing in Miami. You know that Lester Cotton most likely is going to play in Miami. He could need a break. You know that Andre James needs to play. He'll play in Miami. But the rest of the guys, uh, we'll get a feel for it maybe by the end of the week here, and then Eric Allen and I will debate it, and we'll go big on it on Sunday for the pregame show on Compass Media Networks. 702-365-9200. Raider fans, there's a lot to talk about. Reggie, let me get to Reggie quickly in North Las Vegas. Reggie, thanks for getting us going. What do you got?
3: JT, what's going on, my friend? Thanks for having me on. Thank you, Reggie. I I was kind of surprised by uh, DeMarcus, but at the same time, I I did have my eye on a couple of receivers we have in the room that's pretty Mm. dynamic. And even like with Turner, we've had him and then let him go and got him back and all of that, back and forth with the practice squad and all of that. So he, he at least got a little bit of a Uh, communication with the the QB, you know, even with Derek. So then at the same time, we got, what is it, Hollins and uh, Johnson, number one. I know that those guys look pretty good, too, and we haven't really seen them with the ones. So I wasn't shocked that Demarcus was gone, but it kind of surprised me because I thought he was doing pretty good.
1: Yeah, thanks, thanks, Reggie. I, I, I would have expected him to make the team, and Hollins, Hollins is clearly that guy in that slot over him. Hollins is a big target. He is really a big target. He can run those crossing routes opposite a Hunter, being out there, whatever it is with him, inside or outside. And if I had to choose between Demarcus Robinson and Mac Hollins, that would be a really difficult choice, but I'd lean towards Hollins because he's not good. He's an elite special teams player. Elite. So... We wish Demarcus Robinson all the best. He had a couple catches in the last game. He was showcased a bit, and I'm sure he'll be picked up really quickly considering what's happening around the league. We'll go around the league with Jordan Schultz at some point Uh, next hour. Also, we have a Miami insider will join us as we prepare for the game. David Ferones is going to join us from the beat of the Sun Sentinel in Miami. We'll get his opinion on what we'll see from the Dolphins, the Hypatua. Tyreek Hill and their new coach as we continue JT this is Raider Nation Radio brought to you by Remy Martin team up for success
0: Mullins out of the gun pressure off the edge throws it across the middle it's caught at the 20 racing
1: near sideline 10 turn to the 5 Six easy. Touchdown Raiders. On a strike to D.J. Turner. Trying to make this roster for 35 yards. D.J. Turner. And we just played the sound from his press conference. Jason Horowitz on the call. And we are brought to you by Resorts World. I'll be there tonight at Eight Cigar Lounge. My buddy Tim Brand is having his going away party. A longtime friend of mine here in Vegas. Big in the nightlife community over the years. Moving to D.C., So I'll be heading out there tonight to say hello and uh, goodbye to one of my great friends here in town. JT with you. LeBron James, the breaking news. LeBron James on a two-year extension. You want to talk about a max contract? This guy is the pure definition of the smartest businessman in NBA history. He continues to sign two-year deals, which is really a one-year deal and a player option. He plays through those contracts and gets more money. And now if he had a devastating knee injury or he was out of shape or he fall, fell off a cliff talent-wise, then it, wouldn't, it would be risky, not with him. This is the guy. This is the guy who's doing it. It's tough to do in the NFL. He's doing it in the NBA. So if you're a Laker fan, you got LeBron locked in again. I want to get back to the fights between Carolina and the Patriots as the Patriots are coming to town next week. Here's Matt Rule, head coach of the Carolina Panthers, on what happened with the fights, multiple fights, and players getting thrown out. What we, me and Coach Belichick talked about was just if fight happens, we'll just throw those guys off and hopefully eliminate future fights. Uh, it does. It eliminates future fights. What you want to do at these practices is you want to protect your stars. Christian McCaffrey is one of the best players in the league, and he's been hurt a bunch over the last couple of years. So when he gets thrown to the ground, that's not going to be, that's not going to be something that Carolina sits back and waits to see happen again. So Rule talked about that. You don't want to see anyone get hurt, especially the stars. We came here not to fight, we came here to practice. So uh and it just it shows the maturity of a lot of other guys that that didn't escalate into like a big thing, you know. So for us it was you know, a couple of younger guys, like, you know, we're here to get better, you know, we don't want anybody to get hurt, you know, Bozeman looked like he got hurt, so we wanted to stay off the ground and work together. Yeah, you want to stay off the ground. Josh McDaniels wants to stay off the ground with his own team, let alone a team coming in like the Patriots and the Patriots and Belichick are on a dirty team. This just happens with guys are trying to make teams. And pushing and shoving goes out of bounds. Here's Bill Belichick on his philosophy with these joint practices.
3: All of it's organized so that we can both get the most out of it. Most of it is not pre-called, so we don't know who they're going to have on the field or what they're going to do and what formation they're going to be in. and They don't know the same from us or what defense we're going to be
1: in. Uh, This is really important for the Raiders next week. It is. I really do. It's the perfect team to have a joint practice with. It's the perfect team. So the Raiders are going to see a lot of the Patriots. They're going to see them in the regular season. They're going to see him in the final preseason game. And they're going to see him at two joint practices. That's a lot of time seeing a team that has the greatest coach of all time. And the relationship that Dave Ziggler has and Josh McDaniels with that staff, hopefully they're going to get some great work done. Really good work done with the starters and the first team players getting reps because then after those two practices, you can shut everybody down, the Stars who have mostly been shut down to begin with, and then you can get ready for the Charger game a couple of weeks later. And that game's going to be really important because you've got to have fresh bodies. The difference between an injury to the Chargers or the Raiders in the final two weeks of the preseason could be the difference in a 28-27 game. Could be the difference in the fourth quarter of not having a player or the Chargers not having a player. Good first hour. It flew by. we got a couple of insiders coming up next hour. And our good friend, Steph McKenzie, she's fun. And she was at the Raider preseason game, and she's dying to get on here and talk about her passion for the silver and black. We are brought to you by Sam and Ash, SalmonashInjuryLaw.com, because you deserve what's right.